Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Easter. I'm so glad you joined us. Listen, I know all of us would love to be having Easter service in the building, but listen, this is the best thing in the whole world. As a matter of fact, we couldn't be more excited about this. We, we prayed about what we should do for our Easter service, and this was the idea that we came up with, and we're so excited. We're back where it all started. We're back in Pizza Inn. We're at the place that we started our church, and a lot of you don't even know that. And so I'm so excited about having this service today. I'm excited about you being here. So here's what I need you to do. As we're starting this service, I need you to share. I want everybody to experience this service because I really think God's going to do something through this time that we have together. So hit the share button, make some comments, give us some hearts, and you're going to experience something today that I believe will change your life. So here's what I believe God told me we're supposed to do for this service. This particular service is going to be different than anything I've ever done. I've never sat and communicated during a message before, but I really believe that God wanted me to communicate to you today in this Easter experience four points that, that this whole coronavirus and COVID-19 and what are we supposed to do with it? Like people are all wondering what are, what are we to do next? And, and, and what's, what's the deal? And I don't understand like, here's the questions. I don't understand. I can't fix it. And I can't control the next thing that's supposed to happen. So what am I supposed to do? And it really, no matter if you're a multimillionaire or if you've been strung out on drugs or, or if you're in school or like everybody's equal in this because we're all being taken back to the very starting point of, of where everything is. Like, like no matter how exciting or, or simple your lives are, like there's no sports on TV and there's no sports to go to. There's no entertainment right now. You can't go work out. You can't do anything. It, it's back to really the basics. And that's why we wanted to come here is because, like, we got to get simple and, and think simple. And, and it, it just brought us back to this room and brought us back to when we would tear down and set up. And, and it just, like, we were reminiscing as a team and said, how much better could it be than to come back here? And then I got to thinking about my childhood. And I, I was a 1980s kid. I was born in 1980, and so I grew up in the 80s and early 90s. And, and I got to thinking about what life was like in the 80s and 90s. Like, we did not have cell phones. My pops had a cell phone. It was that Saved by the Bell Zach cell phone, if y'all remember. It looked like a brick. It was crazy. And, but nobody had cell phones back then. You had to dial, you know, you asked for seven digits, and that was the cool thing to do when you wanted to talk to a girl or talk to a guy Ladies, when you wanted to get someone's phone number, you couldn't just text them. There was no text messaging. We had Nintendo that came out. I remember when we got it for Christmas, we had Duck Hunt, and we had Super Mario Brothers, and we thought we were the coolest things ever. But it was simple. We just we played outside. We hung out with our friends. We dreamed. Like I remember that cartoons were a big deal because you got to watch cartoons on Saturday mornings. Come on, somebody. Like That was a big deal back in the day. And there wasn't all these distractions and all these things and sometimes it's not a bad thing when you go back to the basics. Sometimes it's not a bad thing when you can reverse and take a pause and look back and go, you know what, I might not understand what's going on, and I might not be able to fix it. And I might not even have any control whatsoever over the situation, but, but maybe if I'll just take a step back and realize that even though the virus is terrible and we want it to be gone, some of the stuff about pulling back is not terrible. Some of the stuff is actually a good thing. If we'll just think like children, if we'll just pull back and think, like God has a plan, 
and we might not understand and he doesn't owe us an explanation. Just want you and nothing else. 
thinking about my childhood brought me back to the original state that God made human beings. So in Genesis chapter 1, God is having a conversation with himself, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And in, in, in chapter 1, verse 27, it says that he made us in his image. Verse 26 says, let us make man in our image. And then 27, we're made in God's image. And then he gives us a command to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And so you have this, this beginning the very starting point of, of all of us. And the starting point was he made us in his image. So listen to me. I don't care where you come from on this Easter Sunday. I don't care how bad you've done. God made you in his image and he made you with an exact purpose. And, and when you cut through all the stuff, things were really simple at one time in your life when you were a baby and when you were a kid and then something happened. And so, so I just want to read you in Genesis chapter two. I just want to read you that when God made man, listen to this, it said that he put man in the Garden of Eden. And in verse 15, it says, the Lord God took the man and placed him in the Garden of Eden, this perfect paradise, to work and to watch over it. Literally, that's what God commanded Adam to do is he said, work the garden and watch over it. And then he says, he says this in verse 16, you're free to eat and do anything that you want to do. You can eat of every single tree in this garden except for one tree, and that was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said, I don't want you to eat from this one tree. Now, you would think, duh, if I can do anything I want, if I have dominion, if I have reign, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm just going to hang out. And this was the thought that I had, y'all. At one point, when we were little kids, our dads were our heroes, 
or our, or our big brothers were our heroes or somebody in our life we looked up to. I remember riding on my dad's leg. He would, he would take me around. I would, I would sit on his ankle and he would take me all around the house and I did that with my kids. And, and at some level, there's just this trust that you have in your dad. And then we start growing up a little bit and things start happening and, and that absolute trust that we have becomes some, some wonder and some excitement, but in reality, it's less about wonder and more about I want to know for myself. I no longer believe everything that you tell me and I want to know for myself. See, I've always struggled with this, so I'm just going to be real with y'all today. My struggle with Christianity along the way has been why do I want a relationship with God? And this is what I want to talk to you about on Easter is like, ultimately, I believe God deeply desires a relationship with you and I. But the question is not, does he desire it? And the question is not, are you leaning in? Because at least you're paying attention to this message today. So, so now the question becomes like, why is it that I want to know? Why is it that I want a relationship with him? And this is this is the, the, the curse. This is the problem that Adam and Eve faced, right? Is, is not that they had interest and desires and, and that they were passionate. It's that the one tree that God told them not to take fruit from, the one tree, was the knowledge of good and evil. That, that's the only thing that they couldn't touch. And, and then the serpent in chapter 3 tempts Eve with the one tree. And this is what he said. Now listen to this. You, you can't miss this. He says, you won't surely die. Like, you can eat of this tree. It's not that big of a deal. Like, here's why God doesn't want you to know, because you'll know what he knows. Now listen to me, and don't miss this. Me knowing what God knows is the ultimate problem for each one of us. I just really felt this when I was praying and studying, and, and we were talking as a team about what we should do, that this is like across the board. I don't care smart or you don't find yourself really smart. I don't, I don't care old or young, everybody in between, every color, every race, every nationality, every person, it does not matter. Male or female, we all ultimately decide at some time, I want to know what he knows. And our relationship with the Lord becomes, I need you to come fix my problems. I need you when, when I'm out of control, to pull me back in control so that I can get what I want, so that I can do. And Christianity becomes this religion that we've made up in our minds, almost as a figment of our imagination, of this God, this cosmic being that comes in to swoop like a knight in shining armor to rescue us, but he rescues us so that we can do exactly what we want to do. And, and that, was, that was the temptation with Eve was to say, listen, you can know exactly what God knows. This is the crazy thing is God deeply desires for you to know, but not what he knows, not have equal minds with him, but to know him. See, God offered, God offered Adam and Eve, and it's one of my favorite parts of the Bible. It's the very beginning. It's, it's the starting point. Just like all of us can, can reminisce back to when life was simpler and, and what we're having to deal with right now, the story of the Bible and the story of why Easter took place is the very beginning. It, it's, it's taking us back. And it's to look and say, like, ultimately, the temptation was not to do these big, bad, awful things, but to simply to try to be like God. And that's exactly what they did. And listen, this is what I find so fascinating in the Bible. Is, is it says in chapter 3, when the serpent tempted Eve, that 
that she ate of the fruit and then she gave some to her husband and Adam ate of the fruit as well. And in verse 7 it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened. Now you've got to listen to this. The eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. And like this is what I find so sad about the society that we live in today is I believe everybody is metaphorically sewing fig leaves together because you're embarrassed about what you've done or you're trying to accomplish certain things and you're afraid that people will see you. Like our ultimate purpose, and I mean this not literally because I wouldn't do this video you know, with no shirt on. That'd be weird and crazy and awkward. But, but ultimately what I picture as sewing fig leaves together and putting these clothes on, what I picture today is like, putting on masks and trying to be something I'm not and constantly living in a world of I've got to try harder and do better and do more and think different. And so I, so I try to create this universe that the world revolves around me and then I become so success oriented and, and I want everyone to see all that I've accomplished and I amass these things and it never feels like it's enough and it's frustrating. And you know, I've always wondered like, why is it that God kicked them out of the garden in that time? Like, why couldn't, why, couldn't he, why couldn't God have just said, you know what, I'm going to wipe this away. Let's forget you ever took from a tree, the one tree, by the way, that I told you not to. The one tree that only I, God, could handle. Like, like why, why is it that God just didn't say, boom, you can stay in this garden? And this is what I personally believe the reason is, is I don't think that that garden was meant to be understood as a literal place but I believe it's more metaphorical. I believe it's more of a culture that God intended for us, each one of us to live in and operate in. It, it, it was paradise. It was, it was how God meant, because listen, this is what God's plan for each one of our lives was to do, was to walk with him, was to have relationship with him, was, was so that, that, that every single day and every single thing that I do, I, I'm experiencing life in the presence of God. And the moment, and this is what the Bible says in chapter 4 of Genesis, is the moment that they ate of this tree, God said to himself, he, meaning Adam and Eve, now think like we do. And they can't stay in here anymore because once they eat of the tree of life, since they've eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they'll be damned and condemned for all eternity with no hope of reconciliation with no hope of being returned to me, with no hope of having this abundant life here in this garden forever. And so the Bible says in chapter 4 that, that they were kicked out. And then it goes on to describe the curse. And the curse was that man is going to have to work the rest of his life. By the sweat of his brow is what the Bible says, man will have to work. And, and, and that he'll try to, and this is, this is my paraphrase, but he'll try to amass these great things. And that and that part of the curse was woman in, in, in her childbearing and how much pain she would have to endure. And in all of that, I find it so fascinating that the Bible says that the ground was cursed. And that Romans chapter 8 says that, that, that creation groans at the, at the returning of the sons of God. That is not Jesus. That is us being called by his name, by accepting his message and returning. 
Like God's intention for us wasn't to be the smartest, most amazing, but just to simply trust and follow him. And the moment that sin came into the world, that all went away. And the simplicity of the way God created us became complex because why? They wanted to know. They so deeply desired to want to know. You know, I don't know where you are in your life today, like sitting at home with this cast on your TV at home. I don't, I don't know where you are in your journey of life, but all of us find ourselves in the same spot. I have degrees in the Bible, but God's not impressed with that. He's not up in heaven going, that mark, he's got it together. Because he went to college and he studied the Bible, now he's got it together. Honestly, I don't think God's disappointed in me for getting degrees in the Bible, but I don't think he's up there cheering me on like, yes, that's what I wanted. He desires one thing, and that's just my whole heart. He wants me to come back where I started, back to the basics, back to the fact that he deeply loves me and that he desires a relationship with me. And so I want you to remember this as we move on to the last part of the message. There was one thing at the very beginning that Adam and Eve couldn't do. And that was to eat from one tree, one tree. One tree would curse them. One tree would cause them separation forever, where they could not have that intimacy with God. And so they did it, and they ate from it, and they were cast out. And since then, all of us in humanity have been cast out. We have no hope except for what we really celebrate Easter about and for what we came here today to sing and to celebrate. back Jesus to where it all began just me and you just me and you take me back to the garden lead me back to the moment I heard your voice take me back to moment I saw your face and it was all so simple it was easy to love and no space between us it was easy to trust and you are closer closer than mine Yes, you are. And you are in me, air I'm breathing in. And here's where the death is, the comeback to living. And I feel my heart beat. 
I'm going to read to you the best part of all of this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. And it's because I believe if you want to summarize Christianity, if you want to summarize what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus, this is a chapter that you should look at. And the reason is because verse 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, meaning you've trusted him as your Savior and Lord, he is a new, she is a new creation. The old things have passed away, and look, the new things have come. And listen, it says, everything is from God who, listen, reconciled you and me to himself by offering Jesus, by offering Jesus. That word reconciled is so important here because what it means is there was an exchange. So just remember, each one of us, because of the choices that we make in our lives, we're cast out. We have no hope. But the Bible says right there that, that, that Jesus was offered up by God as an exchange. I could not, impossible, do enough to earn God's favor, to earn God's love, to earn God's grace. I couldn't do anything about it because I'm eternally cast out. Except, remember, and I think this is the coolest part, Adam and Eve ate from a tree, and that cursed all of humanity. And the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 that cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. And this is the best part of the story, y'all. This is why we celebrate Easter. This is why coming back to the starting point is so important. It's because cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree was not a new passage that Paul wrote in Galatians. It was something he was quoting from the Old Testament. And when Jesus was hung on a cross... He took on a curse so that we would no longer have to be cursed. He became so we could become. In our whole lives, we fight for control and we fight to fix and, and we fight to understand. And all we have to do is simply stop trying to understand all the world's problems and try to fix everything and go back to the basics. Go back to the starting point, which is just this. Jesus became a curse so that you wouldn't have to. Jesus went up on a tree because we ate from the wrong tree. Like that's ultimately what Christianity is all about. And then verse 21, one of my very favorite verses in all of scripture is he made the one, Jesus, 
who did not know sin, meaning he had never sinned. He had never done anything, said anything, or thought anything that was wrong, ever. And it says not only did he die for our sins, which some of you have heard before, but it says that God made him become sin. He took on all of our shame, all of our hurt, so that we might become his righteousness. Now that word just means right standing with God. And this is why I think Christianity is such a struggle a lot of times for us is I find myself in like this, this room or this situation where I, I strive so hard to make God proud of me. I try to do things and I think maybe if I read this enough, God will love me or be proud of me. Maybe, maybe if, I, if I sing enough worship songs or if I pray enough, then I could be righteous. And the problem with striving the problem with not understanding that Jesus became a curse, became sin, became, took on all of death, which is what Easter's all about, y'all, so that I could be in right standing with God by simply trusting him nothing more, is any time I add to it, I fall right back under the curse. And it's an everyday decision, y'all. Some of y'all that are, that are watching Easter with us right now, like, some of y'all have been saved for a long time, but you found yourself living in the curse every single day because you strive and you wonder. And you feel yourself in this box, like you're boxed in thinking, I wonder, does God really love me? Like, have I really done enough to please him? Have I done enough to make God, like, really think that I like Mark? Because, you know, Maybe you grew up in church and you remember the flannel boards of Adam and Eve on the flannel boards and you remember for whatever reason they, we pick on an apple as if that's what she ate first and then gave to Adam. And maybe you, maybe you prayed a prayer when you were seven years old at vacation Bible school one time because you went with your friend. But it's honestly probably felt like you've gone through the motions most of your life and you're not even sure if this God person is even real. I think the saddest thing in the place that we live is Jesus is very common. People talk about him. People act like they know him. But God isn't interested if you know facts about him. He wants you to know him personally. He wants a deep love relationship, so much so that he sent Jesus to die for you and to die for me, to become my sin. And an exchange, a reconciliation could happen. Now, I'm not arguing today that I believe a garden is going to all of a sudden form and you're going to be all looking around going, wow, there's these crazy trees and I get to pick apples and I get to pick all these other things off of these trees and I get to name all the animals and I get to do all this. I, I, don't, I don't foresee that happening and I don't think that's the point. I think the point is God created us to live our fullest life in him. And as long as I keep trying to do more, and striving to please God, I'm going to be frustrated. And I'm going to eventually ask this question because I feel like all of us, if we were being honest, we would just say this on this Easter Sunday. I'm tired. I'm tired of either running because I've tried everything or I'm tired of striving and, tr and not really knowing if God even likes me. And I just want to know, Mark, like, does God even care anything about me? here's the great news. He is crazy about you. He just wants you to come back to the basics. He wants you to come back to the start. 
just like we did in this room, just like we did in here, where it was much simpler. And just take a deep breath and say, you know what? I'm not in charge of my own life. I don't get to decide when I die. I don't get to decide how good of a life my kids are going to live. I can do the best I can to honor God with my life, but ultimately it boils down to this. Do I know him? Like, have I ever been intimate in a relationship with Jesus? Because that's, that's really what he wants. He wants me to have a love relationship with him. And I think chapter 6, verse 2 is the coolest thing ever because right after it says he made him who never sinned to become sin, it says this, look, now is the acceptable time. I'm talking to somebody right now. The Bible says right now is the acceptable time. And listen, it says today is the day of salvation. And I believe that's the case for some of you because this is all salvation is. Salvation is not saying the right words and making sure you have all your T's crossed and I's dotted. Salvation is simply this, Jesus, I will follow you. Jesus, I will place my trust in you alone. And as a matter of fact, for the rest of my life, I do want to follow you and live with you in me. But I'm not going to strive to please you by all the things that I do. I'm just simply going to love you back. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. And that's what Easter's all about, is we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And I believe you think that that's true. But knowledge of good and evil and believing that that's good and Jesus was good is not enough. What salvation's really about and what today, meaning the day of salvation in your life is about, is you saying this, Jesus I give you my life, I trust you as Lord, and today is the day of salvation for me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again. I'm yours. And listen to me, I believe with all my heart if you'll pray that or something like that, but most importantly, you'll mean in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is. And you just choose to not try harder or do better, but to receive the exchange that God did for you so that you could be his, so that you could go back to your original purpose, which was all found in him to walk with him and to worship him and to realize that my purpose is not to be successful. And success really isn't even defined by what I amass or what I do. My success is defined by doing what God intended for me to do, by me, by me operating in his purpose, by me worshiping him with all my heart. So this is what I need you to do. If you prayed and you mean it in your heart to follow Jesus as your Savior, I need you to text this number right now. You're going to see it on your screen. I need you to text 864-606-3600. One word, I need you to text the word alive. We're not going to come to your house because we're going to social distance, and we're not going to scare you with it. But we do want to contact you and tell you how excited we are that you're part of the family. You just need to know this. I don't care how far you've run. I don't care how far you've gone, and I don't care if you've been in church every day of your entire life. That is not salvation, and you're not too far away from it, friend that's never been to church, and you just decided to tune in this morning. Here's what salvation is. Jesus, I love you back. Take my life. The exchange is made. I'm going back to my original purpose because he is the one that can control it. He is the one that understands it all. And he doesn't want to fix you. 
The fix is already in. He came to give you life, not to make bad people good. And that's what Easter really is all about. Easter Bunny's cool. And if you want to hide Easter eggs, I think it's awesome and it's fun. But Easter's really about Jesus, who became sin, went in a grave, and then on the third day rose again. And that's what we came to tell you today. We're coming back to the garden, to that original place. Because we're going to live our fullest lives in Jesus. And we're going to remember every single day, y'all, that this is not about how good we are or how talented we are, but that we serve a Savior who is crazy about us and just wants to take a walk with us every day. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. Listen, if God has blessed your life, even today with our amazing worship team that came and did this video, we're so thankful for them. If God's blessed you through our ministry, I'm just asking you to do what we do every single week and ask God, what would you have me give? That's it. We believe strongly in the tithe. We believe that God's called us to give our first 10%, our first fruits back to him. But I believe God's always putting on our hearts exactly what he would have us do. If we'll just follow what he says, God will provide all of our needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So today, like every day, I'm asking you to do exactly what God calls you to do and just be obedient. And if you want to give, you can text 864-606-3600, keyword give, one word. Just text the word give, and it's very simple and safe instructions to follow. You can go to fourpoints.org, and it's easy and safe and simple to give online as well. And then if you want to mail a check in, our address is on our website, and you can mail in a check that way. So I'm really excited about our next series that's starting next week. It's called Social Distancing. Social Distancing, a new name for an old problem. Y'all, I really believe God's going to use this series to help some people in our relationships because a lot of us are around tons of people, but we have no authentic, real relationships. And that's what people are looking for. They're looking for the real thing. They're looking for you and I to be authentic, to be real. And so we're going to discuss in the next several weeks what it's like, what it, what, what it means to have a real relationship. And I'm really, really excited about this series starting next week. Social distancing, a new name for an old problem. <laughs> <laughs>